Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up to the layup, oh, blocked by James! It's over, it's over! Cleveland is a city of champions once again! The Cavaliers are NBA champions! That's how it means it's time for Cavs of the Break, NBA podcast, part of the Press Play Podcast Network. I am your host, Chase Smith, and with me, he covers your Cleveland Cavaliers for Sports Illustrated, and that is super cool to say, the one, the only, Sam Amico, Sam. Dude, this Cleveland sports, man, is just <laughs> unparalleled, unparalleled. Yeah, yeah, it's, um, there is never a dull moment, that is for sure, even when even when the teams aren't making the playoffs. Moments into All-Star Weekend, I don't even know if the All-Star Weekend had a chance to breathe. Reports, uh, you reported, one of the first ones, uh, Beeline, is on the way out, and the Cavs head coach, what is going on, Sam? Chase, there's a lot of things at play. You know, I, I'll be honest, it caught me. Um, I, the first time I saw the report was ESPN, and, and uh, it caught me by surprise. <laughs> Again, you know, there's the Cavs are full of surprises. I'll say that for them. You know, the Andre Drummond trade was a big surprise. And um, now we have this information or, you know, reports about John Beeline that are obviously very accurate. You know, Chase, I will say there have been a more than a few times, probably since about November, where I have left the post game or even mostly the post game press conference and joked to other members of the media, you know, and and not not to make light of it, but I, I I've actually joked and said John Beeline looks like he would rather be coaching Eastern Illinois or, you know, Missouri State or something. He just doesn't look comfortable. And I, I, I don't say that, you know, to say the guy isn't putting forth his all because I, I really think he is. He's, he's giving the job his all. And um, the team is not – he's not really getting anywhere. They're, they're kind of spinning their wheels. And I think that that's had a real impact on him. And more than anything, Chase, and this is just my own thoughts. This isn't anything based on any kind of fact. It's all speculation. But as a first-time NBA coach, I compare him to Brad Stevens in Boston and Billy Donovan in Oklahoma City. But those guys are younger, uh, you know, considerably younger. And those guys were hired to coach in situations that were a lot different. I mean, Billy Donovan was hired to coach Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook for a Thunder team that was in contention, you know, and, and Brad Stevens was hired to coach a Celtics team that was like a year away from serious contention. So um, those guys were put in very different situations. And John Beeline is a teacher, right? He's a guy who's known as a teacher. And, you know, in college, you get, maybe two games a week and, and four practices, you get a day off. So there's, you know, you, but you're having like four practices a week. And, and as a, as a coach who's known as a teacher uh, and, and needs to in, implement his system and needs some time to teach that. Well, you know, in the NBA, you're lucky. You, you're lucky if you get two practices a week, usually it's one because you're playing so many games, you're traveling so much uh, you need to give people a day off. You need to give the players, you know, time away. And um, it's hard to be a teacher in this situation because, you know, his teaching moments have to come almost always during the games. And that's not something he's used to. This is a man who cherishes 
and has always cherished practice time, and he was always afforded that in 41 years of coaching the college game. And, um, you know, that's why, that's why the NBA can be such a tough road for college coaches who are brought in to revamp, help revamp a program or, or you know, a team, a franchise uh, at the NBA level. You know, at the end of the day, Sam, the Cavs have underperformed. And I know we didn't expect the team to be great, but uh, sitting at 14 and 40, the second to worst record in the NBA, losing to the Warriors, who have the worst record in the NBA, with a lot of young talent, high draft picks that show promise, um, with a coach who was very successful in college, lost players to the NBA, um, really failed expectations honestly i mean yeah this is maybe a matter of fit but he's it's it's like he hasn't done a good job whatever connections needed to be made whatever transition from college to, to nba um it's always it seems college coaches have a hard time there's a lot of, there's a track record of failed coaches the outliers are the successful ones whether it's billy donovan or brad stevens and those are just more recent but he should have done better than this and to have him 50 60 games in say hey like i'm i'm not going to follow through this five-year contracts in five years so yeah i'll do this for five years yeah could he figure this out or has he lost the team that much they've clearly you know if we remember and what you and i have talked about this they at the beginning of the season when they were four and five and they came out and they overachieved at that point, you know, and everybody was so excited at the style that they were playing. They were scrappy. They were gritty. They were in games that they probably shouldn't have been in. You know, they had that shot to win at Philly early in the year. Everybody was excited. And I don't, all, all I can point to or speculate is that it's been a disconnect with the players since then. Um, we've heard, uh, the reports, what it must've been in November or early December about, you know, some player unrest with a coaching style. Um, and, and then, you know, you had, you had slugs gate, uh, and and you had Kevin love blowing up at Kobe Altman. There's been a lot. There's a video of Tristan Thompson, like lashing out a beeline too. And like, I think he like during a timeout or he took, right. Yeah. That was, uh, yeah, that was, uh, one of those games with Colin Sexton took a shot that Tristan didn't like. And (laughs) Tristan got yelled at for his own shot. Which one, which, which game was that? I don't know. (laughs) Probably any number of games, but we we'll save that for another day. But, you know, I just think, I, I, I think he got to the point and the players got to the point where there was a disconnect and I, I, I think that he continued to try to coach, but I'm not sure, just based on observation, that he continued to believe these guys are going to follow my lead. And guess what? They don't have to follow my lead. At the University of Michigan, at West Virginia University, at Canisius, the players have to listen to the coach. And if they don't, they're going to sit on the bench, their draft stock will get hurt, uh, you know, their, their college career, their college legacy will get hurt. Um, the coach is completely in charge of the program at the college level. In the NBA, obviously, you know, that is not the case. You are more like a foreman on the assembly line in the NBA. Yeah. You just have to make sure that everybody is producing their roles. 
And there really isn't any, you know, that rah-rah stuff. And I'm not saying John Beeline uses that, but just as an example, the rah-rah college stuff only goes so far. So, and, and that's not John Beeline's strength. So don't misunderstand me there. I'm just saying there's just a big difference in the way to motivate players uh, in the college game and in, in at the NBA game. Sure. Well, to that point, though, Sam, I mean, we were excited about the staff you brought on with you yes. know, with the team at the start of the season, Lindsey Gottlieb, I mean, Bickerstaff, I mean, they seem like names that, oh, he's really putting people in the right place to position these young players to grow and to succeed. Yeah. Um, and for him to throw, I'm now granted, don't, let's not get ahead of ourselves. He hasn't stepped down yet, but we don't really feel like there's coming back from this, do we? I mean, Sam, I mean, is it, is it possible for him to walk back in that locker room? He's telling the team he, he doesn't want to coach them. That, that well, I think yeah, it has. I don't know that it's come out that specific, but it it basically is. It, it seems almost like a mutual thing. It seems like it could be, you know, the only hang up now might be okay. Well, you had a five year contract. How much of that do we actually pay you? Does he say, as I probably would, Chase? Not to sound greedy, but this is a this is this is a reality of of you know a job is. Well, I want the full five years um, that that I'm owed, and that sounds you know bad. But guess what? The worst case, the the other option is I stick around and coach the team, and then you fire me and give me the full five years anyway. So you know maybe maybe he's not going to go that route. Maybe he wants out of the job so bad that he says I'll take half that. I don't know. This is all just obviously me thinking out loud, but. I, I to answer your question, Chase. No, I don't think that he should be coaching the team Friday at Washington because of all, all these reasons. And I think that the Cavs and he need to come to an agreement. Like you know, look, you're going to be the hottest commodity in college basketball next year. If he if he leaves the Cavs, he will be on every college team with an opening radar, and he'll be their wanted man. So this isn't going to be the end for him. But he just needs to come up with an amicable split with the Cavaliers, but Chase, no, I, I don't think you already feel like you've lost the team. Imagine going in there into the locker room Friday night in Washington and saying, well, here I am. You know, I don't know how much longer I'll be doing this. You don't know how much longer I'll be doing this. There, that, that's no way to reconnect with the players. And I think that both sides really need to move on right but now. To be 60 games in and say, this isn't for me. Did he not understand the commitment? Did he not understand the different style of coaching? Like how, I mean, he's not a, a. He's been in basketball for all of his life. He's a really incredibly intelligent man. When it comes to like, how did it? Him. I mean, I just don't understand. Is he uh, just ch- that miserable? Is he just like this? Is the worst? Like, I'm the most unhappy I've ever been. I can't do this for five years. I I don't know. I I, I you know. I look. I've been in jobs before at newspapers where I just got to a point where I decided, you know what, this is never going to get better. I don't feel like I'm going to be able to do my best work. I need to move on. And I, I you know, I, I've gotten to that point and I can uh, chase and I, I, I've misread the way people look before. So this isn't sure. gospel by any stretch, but he just looked and, and it's been months. He's looked yeah. like unhappy, even though he's handled it like a true pro and handled and approached the job as a, you know, as a guy who, who is going to finish the job. I think that he just probably thought, 
This just is, you know, we are, they, they are, they're regressing. They lost 12 straight at home. They lost to the Knicks at home. They lost to Golden State, you know, this year, who's terrible at home. They got blown out. They've been getting blown out in games and they're regressing. And, you know, there are some signs of, you know, Colin Sexton and, and Darius Garland and those younger players making some progress. But I, I just think that he's clearly not the long-term solution. And I don't think that has to be anybody's fault. I don't think it has to be Kobe Altman. You know, we always look who to blame or, or who to criticize. And I just think that that's, this isn't that type of situation. I think that nobody has to be to blame here. I just think it's, it's a guy who is 67 years old. And I can tell you, you know, just me writing about the home games at my age, which is a lot younger than John Beeline, you know, but I know that it can get taxing. And, and so for somebody to try to run a professional basketball team at 67 years old, I think he thought, obviously, he had great faith when he took the job he could do it. He's been successful everywhere he's been. Yeah. And, and Kobe Altman and his team and, and Dan Gilbert had great faith that John Beeline was the guy. I, and you know what? When you decide, hey, man, boy, we really dropped the ball on that one. Then you got to move on quickly. And this is what this this shows me that he's not willing to be adaptable and try to make it work. And the small sample he did give it isn't long enough. Um, yeah. And and that's sad. Uh, Sam, this could not have gone any worse. I mean, I don't know if at the start you're like, man, worst case scenario, what does this look like? Never in a million years would we'd said all star break, he's done. Um, and so this is a complete and colossal failure um, on the Cavs for and John Beeline, and the players. Um, it's just bad look all around. It hurts my heart. I love basketball. I wanted this to work. Uh, and this is just not, not a good look for anyone. Sam, let's look ahead. Friday in Washington, who is going to be on the sideline coaching the Cavs? What, who's your pick? Well, if they, you know, if they move on from this as they should. I mean, that's right now, it would be almost a worse look if John Beeline were back on the sidelines Friday after all of this. Um, they, they, you know, look, it's going to be J.B. Bickerstaff. He's the associate head coach, was the head coach of the Memphis Grizzlies. His father is seen, Bernie, who was a longtime NBA coach, great guy, is a senior advisor uh, of the Cavaliers now. And um, that be an interim or an uh, official? Boy, Chase, I, 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 I think that knowing Dan Gilbert, um, who thankfully is making, you know, great progress lately from his stroke. I, knowing him, I think it would be an interim type of thing. Um, I don't think that, you know, you, who knows, you know, what, let's see how they respond to JB Bickerstaff would be. I I think JB has, has proven that he can do a good job in these type of situations. He was in Memphis last year when it was a terrible situation and they made the best of it. And, um, but this isn't to say the Cavs are in a terrible situation, but they, they've got a lot of work ahead of them. There are some names, Sam, out in the market. You got Fitzdale, right? Yeah. Coach yeah. Um, oh, gosh, who was that? Uh, oh, Tibbs. He's still available. He's yeah. 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 probably well, those are all... down some throat lozenges somewhere. <laughs> um, <laughs> those, are all, those are all, you know, really NBA experienced guys who – who have been through all this. Yep. And, and, and of course, you know, we know Dan Gilbert 
And if this opens up at the end of the year, he swings for the fences, right? I mean, you're going to... You're going to have a high draft pick. You're going to have a lot of young talent. And you're going to want a coach who can... Like, you can't keep tanking like this. You want to want a coach that can put together some wins. Um, I don't know. I, I would like... You have to show progress. You have to show progress. And they're, they're not. They're, they're regressing. Yeah. So I, I don't mind giving Bickerstaff kind of an interim title. And then this offseason, again hire a coach and slap a five year. <laughs> you, you ever see that meme where the, it's like the guy at the, uh, some water's leaking and he slaps tape on it, but they put words over the tape. Like it's, and I just imagine like a five year plan and that's, what's going to stop. Them. <laughs> well, there's been a lot of, lot of coaches. I mean, we talk about the Browns, you know, look at their coaches. The Cavs have been just as bad, you know, and, um, since firing Mike Brown the first time in yeah. 2010, I think they're at like seven. I don't know. I haven't. I haven't actually done the counting, but you know they've had they've had I Mike Brown right and Ty Lu. I got it right here. Since um, Mike Brown in 2005, um, you had Byron Scott, Mike Brown again, David Blatt, Tyron Lu, Larry Drew, John Beeline, and then Bickerstaff probably. Okay, so. So you'll have, you know, you, you, Mike Brown was fired in 2010 the first time. So that's, so that's six in yeah. what, in 10 years, I guess. I don't know. But, but my point is that it's, it's not good. You need some stability. You know, you can, you can chase, build a winner in a smaller market without LeBron James. The Cavs have not figured out how to do that, but you can do it. The San Antonio Spurs did it the milwaukee bucks did it the indiana pacers the, the a team that's constantly ignored um has has put together c- continuous regular seasons that is giving their fans great hope and guess what the pacers are a team that's a player away eventually you got to get to that point where you feel like we're a player away or you guess what now we're there we got our Giannis Antetokounmpo. we got our Kawhi leonard or whoever in the draft and um you 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 can build a winner in these small markets. It's just, it's just, or you you you've got to be able to have some stability at the top. And I know the Cavs went into this season believing that they had that, and it's unfortunate that that this hasn't worked out. But it just it really hasn't. It's been it's been bad because they just the you know the progress stopped, and um, the roster is not a good fit. And they've got more moves and things to do this summer. And now they've got to find a coach long-term on top of everything else once again. Some other coaches, notably to coach around 40 to 50 games. Uh, the late Chuck Daly had a 41-game yeah. stint in 81 and 82. And uh, Keith Smart, 2003, yeah. coached for about 40 games. Now, I'm going way back, Chase, real fast. Yeah. I can remember – when Jerry Tarkanian, the famous coach from UNLV, who uh, during the 90s was Tark the Shark and led it, UNLV, he took the San Antonio Spurs job in like 94, somewhere around there, I think. Uh-huh. And he coached them for, that was his only NBA experience. It was like John Beeline. He was older. Um, he had coached the college game forever, had great success, got the Spurs job. And um, coached him for 19 games. Yeah. And that was it. He was done. He was like, I went out of this. He didn't understand, like, well, wait a minute. I don't get to decide who plays and 
who the players are and all that. And I'm not saying Beeline has that problem or issue, but there's some of that there for sure um, with trades and all that, that that John Beeline has really had to adjust to. So sometimes these college to the pros things can be an absolute nightmare. So when they work, they work great. When they don't, man, they can be a real nightmare. Yeah. Well, bottom line is uh, we'll have a new coach here on Friday in Washington. Probably, again, hasn't been a fit. <laughs> We're going on NBA TV tomorrow, which when you listen to this might be today. Sam, what time is that air? I'm scheduled to go on at 9.15 and uh, discuss the situation. I wouldn't be surprised. 9.15 at night, uh, Eastern time. I'm going on NBA TV. I wouldn't be surprised. Be resolved by then. If, if it's result, if it's not resolved by then, yeah. Well, that does it for Cavs on the Break NBA podcast. Thank you so much for downloading and listening. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Cavs on the Break. We always follow back. We can promise you that. Shouts to the Press Play Podcast Network for making this possible. Follow Sam on Twitter at Amico Hoops. Catch all of his work and writings on Sports Illustrated, analysis, player quotes, interviews, insider info. Do not miss out. And tomorrow, February 18th, Whenever you listen to this, Sam is on NBA TV. Check him out talking all things Cavs and Coach Beeline. Sam, any final thoughts? Yeah, hang in there, Cavs fans. Just just keep the faith. And, uh, you know, look, the Cavs want to win as badly as you, and it's just a matter of getting there. So hey, hang in only there. The way we can go is up. Only That's right. <laughs> yeah. Better days Let's hope. ahead. Let's hope. <laughs> all right. Mike Breen, take us out. Congratulations, Cleveland. Your decades-long wait is finally over. The Cavaliers are NBA champions.